0: In this second session on Philippians 2, 5 through 8, we tackle one of the most important questions that you can ask, namely the nature of Jesus Christ and specifically the nature that he had before his incarnation, before he was a human being. And this is, in fact, one of the most important passages in the Bible on that question. Father, I pray that you would cause us to see the true nature of your Son, Jesus Christ. Open our eyes that we might know him and worship him and have the mind of Christ, as Paul calls for here in these words. I ask this in his great and divine name. Amen. Let's read it. I've made a few... Changes just to make it more literal from the ESV that I usually use. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though, who, you can see I changed it from though, because that's an interpretation, who being in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of humans, and being found in human in form as a human, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And all I want to do in this session is tackle this phrase right here, being in the form of God. What does that mean? Before I even pose the question more precisely, the word God here, you might think should be God the Father if he has the Trinity in mind. But a few verses later, over here in chapter 2, verses 9 to 11, where he comes to an end of this section, Therefore God has highly exalted him, Jesus, and bestowed on him, the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So here he's God and here he's God the Father. And so here God is simply a shortened form of God the Father. Paul often refers to God the Father as simply God. But don't stumble over that, because he later shows that he has in his mind the category of a father and a son, being in the form of God. So the question is, what does does form mean, being in the form of God? Does it mean he is only like God, but not God, Or does it mean he is very God? He is divine. Or is he only like the divine? Being in the form of God. Now, how do you go about answering that question? And probably a lot of people think, Oh, I wish I knew Greek. I wish I knew Greek. Well, let me tell you, Greek's not going to answer the question here. Context will come closer to answering the question than your knowledge of Greek, believe it or not. And that's very often the case. Careful, close attention to the context. So how shall we answer it? We have to answer it by asking, how does form of God relate to equality with God? So let's read it. Who being in the form of God did not count equality with God, sameness with God, equal with God, a thing to be grasped. Now, to clarify how equality with God relates to form of God, we have to ask, what do you mean didn't regard it a thing to be grasped? Does that mean not grasped as reaching for it? In other words, he doesn't have equality with God and he doesn't regard equality with God a thing to be reached for. Or does a thing to be grasped mean not grasped as not holding on to. See the difference? Here he's reaching for it because he doesn't have it. Here he's holding on to it because he does have it. And this text says he count, he doesn't count equality with God a thing to be either held on to because he does have it, or a thing to be reached for because he doesn't have it. Now, which of those is the right interpretation of grasped? And you say, oh, I wish I knew the Greek. (laughs) I do know the Greek, and it doesn't answer that question. The question is answered by carefully looking at this context. The next phrase says, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but, it's very strong but, it's a real but, but emptied himself. Now, which of these does that make sense with? Here he doesn't have it, and he's not reaching for it. Here he does have it, and he's willing not to hold on to it. And this says, he didn't, let's try both. He did not count equality with God a thing to be reached for, but emptied himself. Well, he didn't have it, so what's to empty? And this one says, did not count equality with God a thing to be held on to, but emptied himself. And that one surely is the one that makes good sense out of this passage so it's the flow of thought that sheds light. So now we, we've answered the question, equality with God. Equality with God is not something to be grasped in the sense that I'm not going to let go any of my privileges of deity. I'm not going to let go any of the things that stand between me and suffering. And if that had been the case... Of course, there would have been no obedience whatsoever on Jesus' part. He would not have become man because he had to empty himself of many rights and privileges of deity in order to die, in order to suffer, in order to become man. So God, Jesus, empties himself of whatever stands between him and death thus not holding on to all the privileges of equality with God. And therefore, form of God is the same as equality with God. Or form of God doesn't just mean like God, but means very God of very God. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be held on to, thus showing that he does have equality with God, thus showing that form of God is equality with God. But instead, he emptied himself. We'll be saying more about that as we look at these in a later session. So let's just see whether we're on the right track here. We've tried to stay right with this, with this context right here, but let's, let's broaden out. Here's Colossians. This is Paul's letter to the Colossians. In him, that is in Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. The fullness of deity, the equality with God that we saw in Philippians two, or here going outside Paul's writings to Hebrews. Long ago, and in many times, in various, many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he created the world. He is the radiance, here's the key phrase, He is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. So this is Hebrews' way of saying equality with God, form of God, exact imprint of his nature, radiance of his glory. One more parallel, very close. John 5.18 This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, Jesus, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. It was blasphemous the way Jesus was talking, and they were inferring he's talking as though he is very God, and they were right about that. So here we see Jesus in the form of God. That is, he was preexistent. Before he was a man, he was in the form of God, meaning he had equality with God. And thus, in his humility and agreement with the Father to be obedient, he didn't hold on to it. In the sense, I'm arguing, we'll say more about this, in the sense that he could let go the kinds of privileges that go with equality with God that would stand between him and obedience to the point of death even death on a cross and therefore what we have here is a call to us have this mind among yourselves which is a mind that moved from infinite heights to infinite depths. He was not just like God. He was God and moved all the way to the cross. That's the mind we are to have as we relate to each other.